You start praising Him for the power. You start praising Him that this church is so on fire with the bam that nobody that even walks on. You know, literally, we pray this, and my wife will tell you a fact. People tell us all the time, I was just walking by and I felt drawn in like I had to come in. Everybody who comes to our church says, there's something different here. There's something completely different. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with Pastor Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona, welcoming a guest speaker for this message. I'm Joe Hardy, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, Visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's a word from our guest. Put your hands together as we welcome Pastor Mitch Thurman to, to share God's word. Come on, Pastor, would you come? One of the dearest friends, if not my dearest friend, in all of life. We've known each other, man, since he was 18 years old. I think 18, right? 19. Okay. He was 19 years old. Uh, Of course, he's close to 60 now. Okay, well, maybe not exactly. Are we working? Hello, testing. One, two. I don't hear anything. Can, can you hear me now? There he is. It's a Verizon. Pastor company. Mitch Thurman, one of our board members and a dear, dear friend. Yeah. It's good to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, I remember last time I was here, I preached on Faith, Abraham, and 1995 baseball. I was debating whether to come today, and I was really praying about ministering on the three pigs. Some of you think I'm joking, but you don't know me very well. I was honestly thinking about ministering to you on the three pigs, because how many know know that story has to do with what you built your house on? Amen. There's a lot of things you can build your house on, but especially in the times we live, you want to build your house in a way that it's going to last and make it all the way through. Amen. How many know the rain's going to come, storms are going to blow, but the house that's built on the rock still stands. Praise God. And that's, that's the way it is. Amen. So we're just really glad to be here, as Pastor Tim said. Him and I have known each other. I was 19. He was 22 or 23. Uh, We met at a church that was just starting up. It was a brand new startup church. It was an outreach. I had a Christian band, a rock and roll band called The Overcomers. We were a heavy metal band. And when I say heavy metal, I really mean heavy metal. I had long hair. I barely wore shoes. I didn't believe in them. Uh, I just got saved. First, first generation Christian. My pastor uh, decided he wanted me to be worship leader. Told me I had to cut my hair and wear shoes. And uh, so I did. I started wearing shoes and I cut my hair. Uh, 
was awesome as I had that Christian band, rock and roll band named the Overcomers, and every weekend we saw people come to Christ. And in the early 80s, you know, rock and roll, every Christian still said it was of the devil. I don't know if you know that, but uh, luckily nobody told me because we were out winning people to Christ every Saturday night with a band that others said was from the devil. I'm sure glad that it wasn't from the devil, but it was from God. And so we were at this outreach, and another band was invited. It was a country band called New Beginnings. And Pastor Tim was the lead singer in the head. He was the head of that band, this country band called New Beginnings. And that's where we met, was at this outreach. And, uh, you know, Lee Schmidt laughed the other day. I said, because we were like uh, Donnie and Marie. (laughs) A little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. And a strange thing happened over the years. We've known each other. He became more rock and roll. I became more country. I don't know, man. Something we just got, I don't know what God does, but we met each other there and uh, literally just became a closest friend. Like the Bible says, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And uh, I want you to know, I am proud to say that Pastor Tim Masters is my best friend on this earth besides that beautiful lady right there in the front row. Uh, my wife, Jeannie. Jeannie, would you wave at everybody so they kind of see you? She's... That's why I'm happy, because I kiss an angel good morning. Amen. Like that old country song said. And uh, praise the Lord, look at her. She's... By the way, Jeannie is my high school sweetheart. I fell in love with her literally at a dance at high school, Camelback High in Phoenix, Arizona. I was, uh, actually, I was, I was 15 because I hadn't quite got my driver's license. My friends, we were not saved yet. I was a little heathen running around, uh, raised in an atheist home. Didn't even believe there was a God by my family. But I could tell you, from a child, I always knew God existed. Always. I always knew He existed. And uh, five boys my mom had. And by that time, my poor mom got lost into drug addiction and alcoholism and my father had a a heart attack when they brought him back to life he had been dead over 12 minutes and he had not he he came back but he wasn't all there I I don't know how else to say it so we were raised by my atheist grandpa and uh, I tell you what a trip grandpa his idea of upbringing was you guys go do whatever you want you ever heard the scripture a child left to himself bring shame there was five boys left to do what we wanted. He bought a trailer, put it out behind his house, and let us stay out there. Do whatever we wanted. I mean, we wanted around. I don't even know. I'm not even sure how I learned to speak correctly. Honestly. But nonetheless, I was a little heathen. My friends came up and said, there's some pretty girls over here. And so, you know, <laughs> being a little heathen, being a little heathen, I ran over to see him. And there she was. I, I'm telling you, she knows this. I literally saw her, and I'm telling you, I know it was God, even though I wasn't saved yet, because I literally, the only girl I saw was her. I asked her to dance, and then wouldn't let anyone dance with her the rest of the night. If you think I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. I wouldn't let them dance with her. And I just fell in love with her. She was not so quick to fall in love with me. Yeah, it took a while. uh, But then we ended up both getting saved before we graduated high school. Amen. Receiving Jesus Christ and got married right out of high school and just 
Ooh, look how pretty she's still. Look at that woman. My goodness, I'm a blessed man. But we've been together ever since, have three beautiful children who all love the Lord, all serve God in ministry. We're very, very blessed. And uh, I just think I give you a little history. Uh, if you want to know the good history uh, about Pastor Tim, ask me later. It's a $5 surcharge. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you. But actually, I've so Tim and I met then a young... I, I'm a first-generation Christian, which is going to help this sermon uh, take root, I hope, in all of you that are out here today. Um, but uh, we are a board member of your church, and some of you might be wondering, why do you have an outside board? But I want you to think about this. My wife and I, and Pastor Masters both, have started many churches. I started a church in Phoenix, then we went to Tyler, to a church Pastor Tim took, uh, started, and, Tim, and uh, I, we were working in a church doing outreaches for two different churches in, in uh, Louisiana, and I would go over to my dear friend's church and help him outreach on Saturdays, and it was so neat. I, him and I baptized together, every member of that church together, and uh, I wasn't even going to that church, but I came and helped him outreach, and uh, when it was time for him to leave, guess who God turned the church over to? Me and Jeannie. And so we got to take over a church right after Pastor Tim, and keep it moving and growing. And then we went to Liverpool, England, did it all again, and then back to San Jose. And Pastor Tim did the same thing, moving on. He ended up in California, pastored a great church in California. And so my idea, what I want to tell you about the board things, we'll get the business side out of the way quickly. The reason it's good to have an outside board like we have is because when you start a church, you do not know the people of that church. And how many know people could put on a show for a while? To pretend to be something they're not. How many can say amen? I mean, no, people know how to act. I always tell girls in our church, when they're looking at a little boy who just got saved, I tell them, listen, give that little boy at least a year. Really, don't even date him. Just watch him. Because how many of you men know men can hide whatever they are, the bad things, to get the girl? Come on. I always tell them, give the guy at least six months because no one can hide all that they are for over six months. Come on, somebody. When I do my discipleship class, one of the first things I do is hand out everybody in the room a mask and have them put it on. And I tell them, do you know everybody in this room has a mask on? Everybody has a mask. How many know that's true? We all got stuff. You're not going to go telling everybody your stuff, are you? Because we all got something. You know, I, I, I got to be careful because this church, you guys might be a little more whatever. My church in San Jose, we're a little crazy. So I get away with a lot up there. Amen. But I tell them, you know, and so why, everybody can hide something. When you start a church, you don't know who someone is. And uh, people could tell you this, and they can even have been in ministry. But I found that really it much, most of that means nothing. What matters is what happens as people join together and become one. God commands His blessing where? Where there's unity. And so when he started this church, Pastor Tim, we knew it was God, me and Ray Kirkland and Lee Schmidt. And if you know these guys, these are all very people who have been proven in ministry and leadership for years and years and years. Not just weeks, not days, but many years. Jeannie and I pastored our first church at 24 years old. And I still feel bad for those people. 
Amen, <laughs> oh, oh man. I'm not even sure if I taught him anything beyond going to all the world and preach. Because okay? that was the only message I knew, I think, back then. But nonetheless, uh, that's why it's good to have the outside board the way it is right now. Because we are guys have all been a part of this. And Pastor Tim, we believed in him. We, when he told us he was going to pioneer again another church, we were all in. Because we know this man. We've watched him throughout the years. And we were excited to be a part of what God was doing in another city. For those of you who don't know also, it's like Ray Kirkland oversees many churches. My wife and I have also planted churches out of our church. Philemon knows he's been in our church. We've got churches in Texas. We've got churches all through California. We have grandbaby churches now and great-grandbaby churches. No joke. In San Francisco, we preached not too long ago in our great-grandbaby church. We've got our grandbaby up in Pittsburgh, which is funny. Uh, they call their church Praise Chapel Pittsburgh. And the funny thing about that, so then they put out this t-shirt that says, Got PCP. Does anybody know what PCP is? That's bad. We're like, Ralph, what are you doing, man? Peace. God. Then he has another Praise Chapel Pittsburgh. I'm like, I'm not certain that works, but... But for him, it seems to work. Praise God. I, when I first heard it, I was like in shock. But oh well. But so we have, we have churches throughout California. We're just, we're really blessed. We have a deaf church. Praise God. That's doing really well. And so I just want you to know that pioneering and planting churches are what we have done and we are doing in our life. And that's, that's why when Pastor Tim said he was going to pioneer this church, we were really excited, guys to say yes and to be a part of the board and back him. And uh, I just wanted you to know that because we're not dumb. Uh, Pastor Tim told us that you guys have had some fires. How, have you been through some fires? Come on, how many of you been through fire in your life? If you don't raise your hand, I know you all lying. Because if you've been alive more than three days, you've been through some fires. Praise God. Churches go through fires. Things happen. People are people. Amen. And uh, even good people can do silly things sometimes. How many have done them? I've done them. Um, Tim and I actually worked together at a church in Kingman. He was the worship leader. I was the youth pastor. And I was part of the leadership. And there was a board member that actually wanted to leave the church if the pastor didn't get rid of me. Yeah. I, I, I was pretty shocked. All because he asked me why people weren't showing up to outreach. And I was the outreach director. And I said, because none of you guys show up to outreach. And he didn't like hearing that from a 25-year-old kid. So he's like, yo, ma, honey. He, 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 was, he, was, uh, he was not happy. Huh? Tim was part of that meeting. The guy's like, he goes or I go. So then there was this guy going out to start a new church in Phoenix. And Jeannie and I went with him. So you know who stayed. Praise God. But that was, that was okay with us. We enjoyed doing everything we've done in the kingdom for all our life. Because guys, how many know uh, the only thing that matters at the end of this life is people in heaven? There's not, all of the rest of it is just smoke and mirrors, it's just sound, you know, but the only thing that matters. And so you've got to ask yourself, why did God birth this church? You know, there's probably a thousand churches in Flagstaff. Who knows how many? I know in a community like this, there's usually quite a few small towns. It's easy to start churches because, you know, they don't have as many, uh, well, like where I live, it's hard to get a church accepted where the city will let you actually put one in a building or have land or anything. 
Um, but most small towns, it's easier to get a church going. Uh, the city, the councils are usually a little bit easier. So usually you have a lot of churches. So why does God have this church here? Why did God ask this church to exist? How many have ever thought that? Why does God ask any church to exist? There's always a reason. Why did God ask this place, Victorious Life, to exist? I'll tell you right now, I know why it started. The reason God asked for this church, because in this generation we live, very few people, even going to Christian churches, believe the Word of God is God's truth anymore. Very few people. In fact, the last statistic said that only 47% of churches surveyed, 47% of the people who claimed to be Christian believe the Bible was true anymore. And out of the younger generation, it was much, much lower. Come on. Most of them don't believe that God is a God. They mostly are agnostic in their faith. They don't expect God to touch people's lives anymore. They don't expect drug addicts to be set free. They don't expect people to be healed of diseases that the doctors said are inoperable. But Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13.8, is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus never changed. And if you want to know why God started Victorious Life, I am, I'm going to shock you. It could be for you, but it might not be about you at all. It might be about the people who have never met Jesus Christ yet. And they need a church that still believes in a time frame when people don't believe. Maybe somebody with cancer that God doesn't want to die yet. Come on, somebody. But the doctor sent him home and said, there's nothing more that we can do. Well, you know what? There's a church in town who won't say, if it be God's will, but will say, in the name of Jesus, I command these cancer cells to disintegrate. By the stripes he took, you are healed in Jesus' name. With boldness, a courageous faith, strength. And power and stand up and be strong in the face of an operation. Now, listen, Pastor Tim and I were talking just the other day, but just yesterday, one of the deals that we have is they say the millennials, the young generation, the younger generation, some of what they don't want when they go to church, according to studies, is they don't really want a church that worships too long. They don't mind the singing as long as they sing, but they don't want you to go too deep or too far in. That's not something they want because they're concerned about how much time they spend in church. The sad thing about that is that was actually birthed not by them, but by the generations going to church before them who, who thought it was more valuable just to get in and get out than to get what God wants for you. Come on, somebody. You all know what I'm talking about. 25-minute sermons, you know, 10-minute Worship services. Everybody in and out in one hour. You guys know I'm telling the truth. Don't look at me like frogs in a hailstorm. They all blinking and winking. We all, we all know what I'm talking about. You know what this generation desperately needs? It's the largest generation of people alive on earth at one time in all the history of mankind. There, there are over a billion Believers that we, we believe there's over a billion believers, but there's over six billion people on earth. How I many know there needs to be a whole lot more light out here? In every community throughout the world. For all you know, this young man right there, sitting in the black shirt, 
could be the next Billy Graham evangelist. That God does something so special in his life that he becomes one of the most powerful healing ministries. Maybe like a T.L. Osborne, son. And here's the question, why not you? Why not you, son? Why can't it be you? Or that young man playing the drums or the young man playing the guitar. Come on, somebody. Amen. Pastor Philemon's beautiful daughter's right up here. How do we know that they're not going to be the next, you know, uh, super ministry that just changes lives? Millions of people coming to Christ. Come on, somebody. But God asked this church to exist for a reason. I'm going to tell you the reason was because this valley, or this valley, I keep saying valley because I live in a valley. This mountain, this is definitely not a valley. I even got a nosebleed coming up here, man. It's so high. It's so high up here, I felt like I could touch heaven. Hallelujah. Man, I started singing John Denver songs. <coughs> so high up there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Took me two days to breathe again. I live 200 feet from sea level. Oh, my goodness. You come up here, it's like... <gasps> There's no particles in the air either, man. Your air doesn't even have substance. Man, need some substance. <laughs> How do you know you even have air if you can't see it? Just, just thinking about it, you know. <laughs> if you can't see it. How are you going to know you're breathing it, man? I'm worried for you folks. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But this is why this church exists, guys. And I, I look around this room, and I see quite a mixture of folks. But this is just the beginning. This is not all that God's going to do in this church. God's going to raise up leaders out of this church. They're going to start new churches throughout the world. Not just the United States, but you can see by Pastor Wachar and his family... It's not just going to be a, local, a church for the United States. It's going to be a church for the nation. Come on, somebody. So it kind of makes sense that God would choose three leaders that are leaders doing this kind of thing themselves to be the board members of this church for the reason it exists. Guys, I'm telling you, this church is up to some good things. And the funniest thing, the best thing about it, you guys are only five years old. This is a new church. I still consider a five-year-old church a pioneer church. But I've not seen many pioneer churches with the group of people and the number of people who have come through already as this church has. Amen. So give yourself a hand. Don't worry about the bumps in the road. There's going to be bumps in the road. My wife and I have got an RV. We've got this eight-class RV. I love my RV. We're coming up here, and uh, no joke, our RV has a bed that comes out of the ceiling. It's really cool, you know, because our kids still go camping with us some. It's got this bed that comes out of the ceiling. It's, I love it. It's awesome. Except on our way up here, we hit a road that they decided to tear up for miles. I mean, they tore it up for miles. I don't know what they were thinking. Why can't they just fix the part and then do more? But no, 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 they tore it up for miles. And we're bouncing that. I mean, it was horrible. I had a headache when it was done. The worst thing about it is my bed that comes out of the ceiling broke loose and was half falling down on a brand new RV. The road was so bad that the, they got these magnets so strong, I could pull some of your teeth out with it. And so the magnet was strong enough, but the, so it broke the out of the roof. 
because I got a bed hanging there, hanging out. I don't know, man, what's up with that? My point is roads get bumpy. Roads get bumpy. Life is bumpy. Things happen. Can't worry about all that. Some of y'all got worrying about it. Don't worry about it, man. Listen, I pioneered enough time. Do you know one time we even had Satanists? No joke, Satanists. Come into our church pretending to be Christian. Five Satanists came into our church pretending to be Christians. And every time they tried to pray in the Holy Spirit, I'd be like, uh, uh. I knew it wasn't the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it was, but I knew it wasn't the Holy Spirit. They would do something, I'd be like, yo, dang, what's that? <laughs> Baby, I got chills on my spine, my hair's standing up. Look at me, you spiked my hair. I don't even have hair gel. They came in trying to destroy our church from the inside. That's just the way it goes. The enemy knows if he can mess things up at an early stage, if he can slow it down, people don't go to heaven. It's just the way it is. That's just the way things work, guys. Come on, somebody. It's the way it works. We are in a warfare. How many know you're in a warfare? And it's a real war. And let me tell you, it's not just about your eternal life. Because now that you're saved, you are held in His hand. That's not the issue. The issue is all those that are still to become Christian. That have not yet met their eternal life Savior. The only one who can wash them of their sin. You guys exist to help people know the real God in a generation that honestly want more. They want Jesus, but, but they want Him more not like a Savior that they literally submit their whole life to, but more like a sugar daddy. This young man right there, I think he could be the next guy right there. That's why this church exists. I met a young lady today out there, her and her grandma. She's just sweet as could be, that young lady. By golly, where are you? Honey, I met you earlier today. She's just adorable. There she is. She's walking right there. God bless you, sweetie. I know God's going to do something powerful in this young lady's life. She's got destiny. That's why your church exists, just for these reasons, church. Amen? How many can say amen to that? So that's, that's enough in the feeling. Now I'm going to preach for about an hour and a half. And you're lucky because this is my short version. Just joking. If any of y'all ever listen to, uh, you know, Joel Osteen, don't get mad at me because their service go longer than ours. So if you like him, you're going to love me. I'm going to let you out five minutes earlier than he does. Praise the Lord. Okay, I got a question for you. How many are ready for a question? What famous Bible woman, what famous Bible woman apparently dated a baseball player? What famous Bible woman apparently dated a baseball player? It was Rebecca. Because the scripture said she came to the well with a pitcher. Okay, this one's for Pastor Tim. <clears throat> so there was a pastor who was preaching against drinking alcohol as a believer. As he neared, the, he'd just been going for it. He was, so ex- he was just into it. He was frothing and everything. <clears throat> Near the end of the sermon, he was steaming. And he began to yell out, If I could, 
If I could, I'd go get every beer in the world. Everyone. And I'd go out here and pour it in that river. I'd go pour it in that river. And he said, if I could. And he got real excited. I'd get every bottle of wine. All the wine in the world. I'd pour it in that river. Then he said, if I could, I'd get all the whiskey. I'd get all the vodka. All the brandy. And he's just, man, he's, now he's just sweating. He's just spraying on folks. <laughs> he said, I'd get it all and I'd go pour it in that river. And then he's like, that's it, I'm done. He looks at the worship team and he says, go ahead and play the last song and dismiss the church. And he sits down. Imagine the pastor's face when they began to sing, let's all gather at the river. (laughs) Okie dokie. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray together. I want to preach on the foundation for victory today. Father, we love you so much. We worship you. Let's just worship you for a moment. We love you. You are so worthy. You deserve glory. You alone are worthy. But you deserve the glory. You deserve all honor. You deserve all praise. You deserve all thanksgiving. You deserve love. You are so worthy. Could you just tell him you are so worthy? You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. Just tell him those words. You are worthy, and you deserve the glory. You deserve all honor. You alone are worthy. You deserve the worship. You deserve praise. I am so grateful. We are so grateful to be your children, to be your family. We are so grateful that you saved us, that you washed us in your own blood. You are worthy. Can you tell him? Tell him, church. You are worthy. You deserve the glory. You deserve honor. You deserve praise. Just tell Him, you are worthy. You deserve glory. You deserve honor. You deserve praise. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. We worship You. We love You, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit just a moment here. Don't worry. This is decently and in order. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. You deserve the glory. You deserve all honor. You deserve all praise. We're going somewhere, church. Let's just worship for a moment more. Daddy God's trying to get in here. He's trying to Move upon our hearts in a way that we will receive His Word. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. You are worthy. You deserve all glory. You deserve all praise. You alone are worthy. Can you tell Him that? You alone are worthy. You deserve all glory. You deserve all praise. You are exalted. You alone be exalted. You are worthy. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. Holy is our God. Wonderful is your name. Tell him your name is wonderful. You are wonderful. 
How many are glad to be saved? We love you. Amen. We love you, Jesus. You are worthy. You deserve the glory. You deserve all praise. God is doing some. He's melting some stuff away. He's melting some stuff away. Whenever the enemy tries to come into any congregation, there becomes a quenching of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, quench not the Holy Spirit, wherein you are sealed until that day. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. And God right now is refreshing. He wants to refresh you. Let's just, for a moment, we love you, Jesus. God says He gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, heaviness is a spirit. It's a demonic spirit. And, and that is not from God. God's Spirit is freedom. It's liberty. It's joy. Come on, somebody. You could tell because that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. Everybody say peace. Long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, and faith. We love you, Father. Just a few more moments. Let's let the presence of God fill this room. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We are so grateful. We are in love with You. We worship You. You deserve the glory. You alone are worthy. You deserve all praise. Tell Him, You are worthy. I love You. Tell Him, could you say, I love You? You young people, could you tell Him, I love You, Jesus. I love You, Father. I love You, Holy Spirit. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You for Your long-suffering. Thank You for Your kindness. That's new every morning. Thank you for washing us of our sins. How many believe God has made you clean and holy? Hallelujah. Are you glad you're clean? Come on. Say, I'm clean. I'm free. In Jesus' name. Amen. So now just pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, Father God, I come before you in Jesus' name. I ask you to speak to me personally today open my eyes to see open my ears to hear for your word says in proverbs that the seeing eye and the hearing ear both come from you so i come to you and i ask in jesus name open my eyes and open my ears open my heart today to receive from you if there's any uncleanness any bitterness, any hurt that I've received in my spirit. Wash it today. Set me free today. For I bring it to you and I cast my cares on you because you care for me. I receive your love. I receive your mercy. I receive your freedom in Jesus' name. And I ask you now to speak through Pastor Mitch. Every word that you want us to hear. And we promise we will receive what you speak today. For it is life to those that hear it. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a shout. Come on, let's hear it. (coughs) Amen. Amen. You could be seated. I'm going to get into the message today. The foundation for victory. No matter 
Where you come from in life, your background, doesn't really matter where you're from. I'm a first generation Christian, never raised in God's house. Like I said, I am, and it sounds mean, but I am the original real white trailer trash. That was me. I lived behind my grandparents' shed. They had a house, a little shed, and they put a trailer out back. And me and my little brother literally grew up in a trailer with no running water. Showered in the backyard when I was a teenager, no joke. Um, literally, that was the lifestyle I grew up in. And yet today, I can tell you my life has been amazing. I have a life that's so rich. I've traveled the world. I've seen nations. I've been able to marry my high school sweetheart. Have three beautiful kids that love God. All of which started on a level that I never could have dreamed of. Their lives are amazing. Their family, my daughter's already married and her husband is an amazing, loving God, believer in Jesus Christ and so musically talented because I'm a musician, I sometimes get a little jealous of him, but I'm really grateful. My life is rich. I have my friends, Tim Masters, and I've known Ray Kirkland and I've known other people. I've got friends that go back for 20-something, 30-something years not just outside, but in the house of God. I'm very financially blessed. God took a kid with nothing and has blessed me till now. I own a home that's almost a million dollar home. I'm I, on the side of a mountain, deer there every day. Pastor Tim doesn't believe us because we had him stay the night. And then as soon as he left, they all came out. <laughs> but, but they are there. Everything I have, I could tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, is by the mercy and the grace of God. I could tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I don't think I deserve any of it. To this day, I could tell you it's not because I'm a perfect man. If I was to ask you guys how many saints we have in this room, how many of you would raise your hand and say, I'm a saint? Let me see the hands of the saints. Those of you who raised your hands, you're exactly right. How many of you are born again in this room? Then you're all saints. Did you know that? Because what you forget is the robe you wear, that the robe of righteousness is Christ's righteousness. You wear a robe that's not even your own. It covers you. It protects you. It makes you beautiful and safe and holy under His covering. Yes, your body has works it needs to go through. Your flesh has to be learned, has to learn to submit to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit's work and the spirit man that's alive inside of you. But when God sees you, He sees His righteousness. In His eyes, you are beautiful. In His eyes, you are the head and not the tail. Come on, somebody. In His eyes, you are blessed coming in and blessed going out. In His eyes, all that you put your hands to do should be able to prosper. You should be able to get ahead and see God's grace in your life, in His best, in His power. And this is the will of God for you. It's the will of God for every believer. And in the time frame we live where there's so many people having a hard time believing in Jesus Christ anymore, the church cannot be a place where Christians are nominal. In a time frame when so many people don't even believe the Word of God is true anymore, it is not a time for Christians to be down and out. It is not a time for Christians to always be like, that, that one sad, sad fight where Muhammad Ali was in the corner the whole fight just trying to block. No longer was he floating like a butterfly. No longer was he stinging like a bee. 
He was just trying not to get knocked out. And that's the way many believers are. They used to be, you know, floating like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. You remember that song, some of you old folk? You better say yes, you make me feel bad. <coughs> some Christians, so many of them, just, they're just trying to survive on a daily basis. They, they have no confidence that their life has meaning. There's no confidence that they're supposed to have a victory after victory, not defeat after defeat. Truly, there's going to be battles, church. There's going to be many of them. But you've got to understand, the battles are nothing more than God's preparation for your advancement. That's all they are. They're just God's setup for you to step up so He could rise you up. That sounds like a Timism right there, doesn't it? Praise God. I keep telling them, write that book, man. People buy that darn thing. I'd buy it just so I could use them all and then say they were mine. <coughs> but, but God's just setting you up. That's all He's doing. So you could step up so He could rise you up to a new level. It's not to beat you up. It's to rise you up. Come on, somebody. Look at someone. Tell them, I'm going up. I'm moving forward. Listen, every person in this room, no one can ever get away with telling me what God cannot do. No one can ever do that. There's no one that can tell me what God cannot do. Or, or act like God can't visit a place in such power and demonstration that the most unlikely things happen in a very daily basis. And the way that happens is when God's people set themselves up for victory. They're not setting themselves up for failure. They're not setting themselves up for staying safe. Accepting the status quo or the what everybody else around them, another believer. I don't care. I tell our church all the time, I don't care what other churches do. I, I honestly can't worry about that. It's like the hand, my hand does not worry what my foot's doing. Come on, somebody, unless my foot's getting in my mouth, and then maybe it might care. But as long as that's not happening, I don't think he cares. i got to worry about what God wants to do and what has to happen right now in our generation. Right now in family life, there's a man and his wife, some of you, any of you ever watched Discovery Channel? Anybody out here watch Discovery, Nat Geo, any of those things? Any of you ever watched that gangland thing? Anybody ever see the gangland stuff? You did? Have you ever seen the one with the Mongols motorcycle gang got in the gunfight with the, with the uh, Hells Angels? How many of you ever saw that one? Well, so the president of the Mongols that you saw in that film, that you saw there, that set that up and got in that gunfight, him and his wife are born again today in our church, filled with the Holy Ghost, living for God, <laughs> totally set free. And I can promise you, if any of you met them, there's no way in heaven you would ever think they were anything like what they were. If you saw that thing, that guy, the leader, he looked like the devil, didn't he? He looked mean. That's, that's Andrew Cervantes. They called him Jackson after the, 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 after the $20 bill. Andrew Jackson is... I don't know why, but nonetheless, but he was called Jackson. But literally, they still got holes in their motorcycle where the, the Hells Angels tried to kill them over and over again, but kept missing them. Thank God they got saved. But then he got saved, and what happened? Then the president of the Dukes ends up getting saved. And his wife are in our church. Then people from the Mexican Mafia, because they knew him, start getting saved, and they're in our church. So now i got the whole church of gang members, I don't know nothing. I've never been in a gang. The only gang I had was my five brothers. We were, I don't even, most of the time we were fighting each other. So I'm not even sure about that. 
What I'm telling you is miracles happen all the time. Supernatural, signs, wonders, things that you can't imagine. But it's not just going to happen for people who are okay with just being okay. Just being nominal. It's not going to happen in the people who just, you know, they're just trying to get by another day, another day. I just want to survive. No, no, no. Church, there's a song out right now. I love that song by Casting Crowns. We're not supposed to survive. We're supposed to thrive. Christians should be the most, listen to me, vibrant people on earth. We should have more joy, more life, listen to me, more finances than anybody outside there. Satan might be the prince of this world, Jesus said, but Jesus is still Lord of this world. Come on, somebody. I have a young man in our church when he was uh, 20, I think he was 22 or 23. He got saved at 16. In fact, he actually got saved in Pastor Tim's church when Pastor Tim was in Sunnyvale. And he came over to our church because that was where he can get to. And he ends up in our church at 16. This young man, his dad was a hardcore gang member all the time in prison, more than when this kid, more than ever out. His dad was a big time thug. This kid was grew up with no family, really, just doing whatever. And when he gets saved, his dad actually sends the gang over to beat up his son for getting saved. Isn't that crazy? And Richard told him, go ahead, beat me up. I don't care, beat me up. But I'm not going to deny Jesus. And he just praised God. Listen, I remember that young man telling us from a young age, before I'm, he said, what was that, before I'm 30 or something? He, he, I don't even think it was that late. Like 25 or something. He said, I'm going to own my own home in the Silicon Valley. Now, a cheap house in Silicon Valley at that time was $600,000. Not only did Richard accomplish this by 23 years old, Come on, somebody. From a background where he dropped out of school, he, he, he went to high school and dr- didn't even go to class and dropped out. He never had any, basically, no high school at all. He started a business during the recession because God told him to start a business in the high-tech field. Here's this guy from the gang. High, in a, and in fact, the name of his business is high-tech. He started his business in the recession, during the, right at the worst part of the recession. Everybody's telling him, don't do that, don't do that. He said, I heard from the Lord. God told me to start my business. The very first year he comes over to my house celebrating the first year anniversary, he brought me a nice $4,500 Longjins watch that he had just bought for me. Just bought me this watch, brings it over to my house, and then he shows me his $8,000 watch. He says, Pastor, our business in its first year made its first million dollars. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> Why am I telling you these stories? God, He's working in His people again to stop being okay with okay. We cannot be okay with okay. And no matter where you started, maybe a kid in a trailer or from a tore up home or no home or however you came up, maybe you were totally blessed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were from a religious background that was real pumping pride. It doesn't matter. What matters is what we are going to do right now in the time frame in which we live to show this world that there is only one God, one King, one Lord, who is over all, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is not a storybook fantasy. He is not a, the Bible is not a book of a bunch of stories. These are books, these are, these are written pages of reality. 
And they are life to those who will receive the teachings and amplify, amplify them through Christ and put them to work. Not just sit and settle. Amen. Everybody say the word, bam. bam. Oh, now say it like you mean it. Bam. One more time. Ready? Bam. bam. When I walk into the room, I really feel like when, as soon as Mitch Stern walks in, it's bam. I just came in here. You know why I think that? Because Jesus Christ is with me. The Holy Spirit is with me. I expect God to bless what I put my hands to do. Because He said He'll bless the things I put my hands to do. I believe that Jesus is still able to overcome anything that says it's stronger than me. Which means I know because He never leaves me, I am strong enough to overcome anything that says it's bigger or stronger. How about you? Do you believe that? Come on, everybody say, bam. bam! Oh, now say it like you mean it. Bam. That means that you could be the Christian that is so full of the love of God that you don't have to be asked to tell people about Jesus. You just can't help it. Oh, oh, come on, somebody. You're thinking, are you going to ever read the Scripture more than you want to know? Proverbs 28.1 The wicked flee when no one pursues. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Lion's the top of the food chain. Bam! Come on, somebody say, bam! Lions don't run. A giraffe comes along. Lion goes, oh no, a giraffe. Lion goes, oh, look at that, finger food. Lions don't run, man. Lions are the boldest animal. Why? Because that's the top of the food chain. Do you understand as the righteousness of God You are the top of the food chain on this earth. Not Bill Gates. Not our government. Oh, come on. You are the top of the food chain. You young people, as a believer, your life can soar like eagles. And that is God's will for you. You are to be prosperous on this earth. You are to be powerful on this earth. Your life is is to make a difference. And no matter how old you are in this room, maybe you've settled for the nominal Christian walk all your life. But it is time to be bold. It is time to let our roar out. It's time for us to rise up in the power and in the Word of God with boldness and boldly proclaim, I don't care what people say. I don't care what it looks like on the outside. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Glory to God. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to be different and to stand out. Bless the Lord. Come on, somebody. But the wicked, they run when no one's even pursued. They're like, oh no. Oh my gosh. Like, ooh. What? They say in my church, orale. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 in the Message Bible. It says, whatever God has promised gets stamped with yes of Jesus. Everybody say, it's already stamped. So Jesus said, all the promises of God in Christ are yes. Everybody say yes. yes. So listen, if God says by His stripes you are healed, what does that mean for you? Everybody say yes. yes. Bam! That's right. Say bam. You can say bam. Listen to this. So if the Bible says that all you put your hands to do will prosper, what's that mean for you? If the Bible says you and your whole household will be saved, bam. 
Come on. If the scripture says he'll open you windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, you cannot contain. Bam. Bam. If he says that you can cast out devils in his name. Oh, come on, somebody. It doesn't matter where you started. Matters who you are believing. What you are receiving is truth. That's the only thing that matters. All the promises already have been stamped with the yes of Jesus. And this is what we preach and we pray the great amen. Amen means so be it. Our response to God's promise and yes is we say then so. That's what I'm going to be. If the righteous are bold as a lion, then that means I, as the righteousness of God, am not timid. I am the head, not the tail, so I am bold as a Oh, come on. Is anybody getting it? Is anybody catching it? The, oh, the economy. Oh, who cares about economy? That's my wife. My, we got this one member of our church. I'm telling you, when they came in, his car was so nasty. See, he had this old, I don't even know what the thing was. It, it, was, it had no paint at all. It was, I don't know what it was. When you rode in it with him, the headliner was gone, and all you got out of it looked like you had a snow-capped mountain. All the stuff from the ceiling blew on your head. This guy believed God. Him and his wife started to live with God, being faithful. Pastor Tim knows him, Alan Gloria Perez. He got this job, he was doing well, then all of a sudden it looked like the devil knocked it out from under him. The company had problems, they laid people off. Looked bad, he went back to school because the Holy Spirit told him to. He took some computer classes, got hired out of all places at a winery. And he asked me, Pastor, do you think it's right for a Christian to work at a winery? I said, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just brother by him. He's like, are you kidding? I said, brother, do you think there needs to be a testimony of Jesus Christ everywhere on this earth? He goes, I sure do. I said, well, then take the job and see what God does. They offered him these stock options when he got hired on there. It was a little bitty company, not worth much. Let's put it this way. Last year, they made him trade them in, and then they gave him some more. But when he traded in the ones he had, he made over $800,000 in his bank. Because God says, listen to me, because God says... Give and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over shall men give to your bosom. You shall be above only and not beneath. You shall lend to many nations and not borrow. Is that what the Bible says? Bam. Someone do a bam. So last time I preached on Faith Abraham and 1995 baseball, this week, this time I'm preaching, bam! Everybody say, bam! All the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Yes, together with its gloriously evident God, every say, God affirms me. Making us a sure thing in Christ. But listen, putting His yes in us. We have to begin to say the yes. We got to begin to receive it and believe it and speak. I went over to Larry's house yesterday. I love Larry's house. Have you any of you seen Larry's house? That's a gorgeous log home out there. His backyard. I told him, Larry, you don't. He's got a camper out there. You don't even have to go camping, man. You just sit on your back porch, have a fire. 
Then I was telling him he really should get him a nice Dodge, you know, old classic muscle car with a Hemi or something. And that's just because I like muscle cars and he looked like he looked cool in one. <laughs> and that garage of his, that's a man's garage. You, you guys out there want to know how a man has a garage? Go see Larry's That's a man's garage right there. Bam, Larry, bam. Amen. 2 Corinthians 7.1, though, listen to what it says. Therefore, having these promises, there say promises. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh. Now listen to anybody say, and the spirit. Filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Did you catch this? Perfecting holiness in what? The fear or the reverence of God, right? How I many know the fear of the God is the beginning of all wisdom? I came to Christ because I recognized I was in danger. I knew. Hey, anybody out there like me, I knew. I knew I was jacked up. I knew I was messed up. There was something wrong in me and I knew it. How many knew something was wrong? Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. But let me tell you, that is not the fullness of wisdom. The fullness of wisdom is when you can get to the place where it's no longer living out of fear. It's out of worship. The fullness is when you get past living out of fear. And now it's just, I want to be holy because I love you. I want to be holy because you've done so much for me. I, I, want, to, I want to overcome everything. Not to try to, because how many know salvation is a gift? You don't earn it. You live it. You enjoy it. And he says, listen, because we have these promises, God gave us all these great, precious promises. All of them are stamped with yes. The foundation of victory, church, is literally when we understand that I'm already saved. I'm not trying to get saved. See, some of you, because you still battle your flesh, you won't go after the bam. Because you still don't even see yourself as saved. Because you've got battles and problems in your flesh and in your spirit, which means you've got the problems in your flesh you're dealing with your spirit has to do with the way you think. God's saying, listen, you can perfect it, but the way you perfect it is when there's such a reverence, a love for God, church, you just, I'm telling you, there's something that happens in a believer that just when they get that, they're just like, you know, I love you, Lord. I'm the head, not the tail. You said I'm blessed coming in and going out. That's the way I'm going to live. I'm no longer going to live like someone on the outside. I've been translated from death to life. Come on, somebody. I'm going to live in the life. Too many, of your, too many people, believers, still view themselves as they're an unbeliever or not quite good enough. But the righteousness is already put upon you. That's why faith in the promises are so important. Which brings us, are you ready? To point one, told you it was an hour and a half sermon. Actually, I always preach the point before I read you the point. A big life through courageous faith. Guys, we need to be courageous. It's time. How many believe Joshua and Caleb had some problems? You think they were perfect? How many of you think they were perfect? None of you think they were perfect. But how many know they did some great things for God, didn't they? I love how when Joshua and Caleb are 80 years old, there's like, we're still as fit and strong as we were when we were 40. Come on, somebody. And I'm, I've been telling your pastor that because he's a lot older than me, and he needs to remember those scriptures. <clears throat> I love Joshua, <clears throat> book of Joshua. 
God tells Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I've given you this. Understand something. If God says, I gave you something, He expects you to believe Him. If God says it belongs to you, it does not belong to the sinner or the unrighteous, it belongs in your hand. If He says that you're already righteous through Him, through His blood, that you have been robed, put the right robe of righteousness, He expects you to believe it. Is everybody with me? If He says, you, whatever you put your hands to do can prosper, He expects you to believe it. If you give generously, it comes back generously. He expects you to what? To believe it. When He spoke to Moses, when He spoke to Joshua, He said, everywhere, I, I, everywhere you tread your foot, He expected Joshua not to say, well, that was figurative. That was, you know, that, that's just a metaphor. That's what Christians do nowadays. You know, it's not for everybody. Wait a minute. Well, if it be His will. Wait a minute. God's Word is His will. I always tell people that are sick and they say, Well, you know, Pastor, if it be His will. I always tell them, listen, i got to get that out of you. As long as you keep saying if it be His will, then listen, I don't even know why you go to the doctor. Till you're sure it's His will. Why are you trying to get healed if you're not sure it's His will for you to get healed? That's a good question right up in there, you know what I'm saying? Think about it. Why am I taking Tylenol? If it be his will, he'll make it. Why are you taking the Tylenol then, trying to ruin his will? Just a thought. His will is by his stripes, we're already healed. Now all people, some of us, we get healed, we die. <laughs> we go to heaven, we're healed. How <laughs> I many you know in heaven there's no sickness, there's no disease? I mean, the ultimate healing is when you get there because not even sin can touch you anymore. Nothing can bother you. All the pains of life are gone. Hey, that's the ultimate healing. So you go home. If you get home before us, hey, you're healed. We'll all go do touchdown signs. Praise the Lord. They made it. What? Come on, somebody. Verse 5, he tells Joshua, no man can stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that funny that the New Testament, Jesus tells that in the Gospels and in Hebrew, that he will never leave us nor forsake us? Same exact word. And he says, so catch what he's saying with that. Nobody can fight. Nobody can stand against you. No, there's not a person on earth that could stop you from the yeses of God, except you. And the only way we can lose out is for some reason we don't, we don't have enough confidence, maybe in ourselves, but you're not supposed to have confidence in yourself. Maybe for some reason we're, we're just not sure, but most people I've seen that don't move forward in the things of God, it's not because they don't believe God is good, sometimes it is that, but sometimes it's just they don't believe God wants to bless them because they don't see themselves good enough. I am. And what the reason is, is they've never seen themselves under the Word of God, under the covering of Christ. I told our church, preach a whole series called Bankrupt. I made them all confess, I'm bankrupt. I have nothing good to give God at all. I tell them, now you can be happy. Because you know what? When you realize you had nothing when you started to bring to Him, you're okay with Him being all that you need. Come on, somebody. You're okay with that. Hey, when He called me, He knew what He bought. He knew the knucklehead I was. He knew my beginning from my end. Did you know he knows your beginning from your end? Did you know then? And he still, nobody comes to Jesus 
Unless the Father brings him. Isn't that what the scripture says? Nobody comes to Jesus unless the Father draws him. So I want to ask you this question. If the Father drew you to Jesus, he knows your beginning, your middle, and your end. But he brought you to Jesus. You called on Jesus, right? And he says all that call on him, he will in no way reject. So that means he didn't reject you. Is that right? He said all that call on him, I will no way what? Then he says, I will give them the power to be the children of God. Where do you get the power anyway? You don't get it from yourself. You don't get it from your cool clothes or your hairdo, right? You don't get it from coming to this church. You get the power through who? We say Jesus. Are you following me? Is anybody with me here? So you need to start to see yourself. See, God knew who he purchased when he purchased you. When he brought you to Christ, he knew your beginning, your middle, and your end. He thinks he got a good deal. Quit trying to convince him he didn't. He's happy with his purchase. He gave you the power to be his child. He said, I will not reject you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are my child, my righteousness through Jesus Christ. Church, when we get this, oh my gosh, we get courageous. We don't settle for, I don't care. I'm not going to worry about what's going on outside. I'm not worried about recession. I'm not looking for man to take care of me. I don't need man to take care of me. I got Jesus. I've got the King of Kings. I am blessed coming in and blessed going out. According to Scripture, the righteous have never been forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Oh, that should get some of you yelling bam right there. <clears throat> need to understand. doesn't matter. People cannot... It doesn't matter. You could have a boss. And that boss could be the meanest boss in the world. And they could tell you, well, there's not going to be any raises. And I've seen Christians do this. Oh, pastor, I know I like what you're preaching. But the problem is, you don't understand. Our company's barely hanging on. And they said there's not going to be any raises. Okay, you could believe that report. Or you could believe that Jesus already stamped the yes. Which one are you going to believe? Are you going to sit there like a whimpering little baby and say, oh, everything's bad? Or are you going to stand up and say, wait a minute, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have all of his promises. They belong to me. If I will only stand up and confess what he confesses, declare what he declares, he promises that the fruit of life and death are in my tongue. Come on. Then I'm going to get bold. I'm not going to be running around like the wicked when no one's even pursuing. I'm going to be standing up in the face of these trials and these battles and saying, no, no, huh? Wait a minute. No one can stand before me all the days of my life. As God was with Moses and with Joshua, so he is with me. And just like he gave them their promises, he's given me my promises. Is anybody with you catching this? If you're catching it, I want to hear a good bam. Amen. We need to be courageous in our faith. And that's how you get to the big life. My wife will tell you, I'm a crazy man. I believe, man, I'm, I'm a crazy believer. I believe that God, when he brought us into a city, I believe he wants to do something in that city. I believe that God wants to heal the sick and set the captives free. I believe it is the will of God to set at liberty them that are bruised and heal the brokenhearted. How many can say amen? See, until that's what Jesus said in Luke 4.18, why he came to this earth. To release prisoners. For me, I don't, I don't 
I cannot see somebody that cannot be set free. I cannot see a situation that Jesus cannot change. I, and when I look, I, they tell me, oh, you know what, Pastor, though? I, I, my wife was at our, we have healing crusades we do. And this one guy, they whirl him up in a wheelchair. The, the cancers had grown so much, the doctor said he only had maybe a week left to live. They were coming out of his body, out of his neck. It was sticking out like this, out of his head. The, the, they were all over his body. Church, listen. You could look at that and say, oh my gosh. No, no, no. Walked up. They told me he can't even make it down in the field. I left the field. Walked up there to where he was. Laid hands on him. Commanded every cancer cell to leave. That guy came to church that Sunday. Every bump gone. Every cancer cell gone. Totally healed. That was five years ago. He's driving his truck again. He's a truck driver. Totally saved. Totally healed. Come on, somebody. A young lady came in. A young lady came into our church. So I was preaching on healing. It would just have me preaching on healing. She comes in that day. She comes up front. She says, Pastor, I don't even know if I believe in this stuff. I'm not even a Christian. I don't know if I believe any of this. But I'm only 27 years old. The doctors have sent me home. They said I'm going to die within the next few months. I have no other hope, so I came to church. So she's oldest. I said, okay, baby, this is what the Lord told me. He's going to heal you today. And when you go to the doctor and they tell you you're healed, they don't know what's up, you tell them Jesus healed you. Then you need to come back here and give your life to Jesus Christ. She came and stood in front of our congregation. She waited till the end of service. She asked me if she could say something. She said, I'm completely healed. And I made a promise to this man that when they told me I was healed, I'd come back and give my life to Jesus Christ. She stood there with her boyfriend, and they both gave their life to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, bam! That's Christianity, church. That's what God wants from us. He wants us like a Richard to believe God. He wants us like an Al. He wants us to believe and to embrace and go after those promises. Not sit there and just passively accept everything. Listen, if you ever wonder, if you feel your faith is weak, then quit listening to the voice of doubt. Put on some faith messages. Listen to some preaching. Read some books on faith. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Get the scriptures in you. Get the promises. Listen to this CD over and over again. They say if you listen to something 17 times, you get almost 100% of it. So all you got to do is listen to me 17 more times. Y'all be bam everywhere. Bam. You walk into a job interview and before you go in that door, you'll stop. You look to heaven and say, I love you so much. Thank you. And before you touch that door, you'll go bam. You walk in that door, hello, I'm the person you've been waiting for. <laughs> Glory to God. You had that job waiting for me. And they'll be like, you just who we've been looking for. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Bam. You'll be one of those that don't wait till you're sick to start believing for a miracle. You'll get the Word of God in you. You'll fill yourself so full that when the devil tries to send you the bad report, you automatically just throw it to the ground and go, BAM! Your mama. <laughs> I love it when Solomon... And I'm, I'm getting close to the end here of point one. Solomon's blessing the house of the Lord. 
In verse 56 of 1 Kings 8, he says, Blessed be the Lord, who has given rest to his people, Israel, according to all that he has, what? Promised. There was a promise. And there has not failed, there was a not failed, one word of all of his great promise, which he had promised by his servant Moses. And I love verse 60. All the people of the earth will then know that the Lord alone is God. And there is no other. In a world where other religions and people are looking for, they're mixing Christianity with all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't see God doing anything in the believer's life. It's time for us as believers to stop accepting that. If there's no move of God then you join together with believers in your church. You guys start some prayer meetings. You get hold of God. You start praising Him for the supernatural. You start praising Him for the power. You start praising Him that this church is so on fire with the bam that nobody that even walks on... You know, literally, we pray this, and my wife will tell you a fact. People tell us all the time, I was just walking by, and I felt drawn in, like I had to come in. Everybody who comes to our church says, there's something different here. There's something completely different. They come in, they die. it's the craziest thing. They get healed, they get set free. Like I said, these bikers and gang members and mafia members, all living for God. We married this one lady whose children were part of this one big gang to this guy who was part of another big gang and then three guys from the gang came to beat me up for marrying them. I didn't know they were from different gangs. I didn't give, I could care less. I don't know nothing. I'm no gang member. Look at me. Shoot. I put a guy in my back seat of my car once between two other ex-gang members. I don't know nothing. I had the biker guy in the front seat of my Challenger. I had these three guys in the back. They were all three ex-gang members. The guy in the middle, I didn't know. We were going to get something to eat. But there was this road that goes over these mountains. So I went over the mountains. We were up on the top of the mountain. He goes, all of a sudden, I hear the guy back there. What did I do wrong? <laughs> I'm like, what did you do wrong? And all the other gang members start cracking up. They're a pastor. You don't know. But in the gang culture, if you're a guy in the middle, they go up a mountain. The guy in the middle ain't coming back. He's staying in the he's staying in the mountain. He's back there. What did I do wrong? Pastor's taking you out to kill you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, told you you should have tied. <laughs> I don't know. Just thinking, man. I don't know nothing. I'm just driving over the mountain. Isn't this a pretty mountain? No, <laughs> not pretty at all. The earth needs to know Jesus is Lord Church, and they're not going to know it by people that are passive. We've got to understand that all the promises are all of ours. Don't ever let the devil tell you you can't receive all God has because your age, because your ethnicity, because of the way you were raised or the education you have or do not have. Nowhere in the Bible does God say any of that makes any difference at all. When you were baptized in Christ, when you were born again, you were translated out of darkness, you were brought into the kingdom, you are now a child of the Most High God. He is your King, He is your Lord, He is your Father, and He is still the head of this world. He's still Lord of all. So let me... Bam! Keep doing that. That's what you should do. Everybody say, bam! Bam. Abraham was not weak in faith. He didn't consider his body being 100 years old. 
He didn't care what the circumstance. He's 100 years old, man. God says you're going to have a baby. His wife's never had a baby. She's 90-something. Your wife's going to have a baby. Abraham's like, I'm good with that. He believed it. He's all praising God. The Bible says he gave God glory. And he spoke those things that weren't as though they were. He's speaking out of nothing. I'm going to have a baby. Can you imagine people looking at Sarah's going to have a baby. Abraham, have you looked at Sarah lately? Well, God told me. Come on, somebody say, God told me. Say, God promised me. Amen. That means any sin you have, you think it's too big for God. When God bought you, He knew what He bought. He also knew how bad that battle was going to fight you. He knew how deep it was rooted, but He still bought you, still washed you, still translated you, still called you His own, still gave you the same promises He gave everybody else in this room. That's what I'm talking about right there. <clears throat> Anybody with me? Sad truth. Too many people of God, too many of God's people have more faith in the circumstance than they do in God's Word. Look at the beautiful Wachara family. Started off in Kenya. Somehow I ended up in Cincinnati. I don't even know how Kenyans end up in Cincinnati. <laughs> he ends up getting to go to college, him and his children. Now here they are in Flagstaff. But I could promise you right now, this man and his wife are going to continue to grow and move and excel. His children are going to be so wealthy on this earth, ladies. I'm telling you, you two, you two have business minds. You guys can excel. You can do things you never thought possible. And not only minister the gospel, but bring wealth back into the house of God. You two are called of God to bring wealth back to the house. And believe me, sis, both of you, you, God's hand is strong in this family. Just, I'm telling you, the force is strong in these ones. It was in their father. It was in their mother. It was in the children. Yes, Padawan, the force is strong in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many know that this is the way the Scripture works? This is the way God, this is God's Word. So now, I've got to hurry because there's just too many exciting things and I'm hungry. I mean, you're hungry. So everybody say, Abraham and Lot. Faith versus flesh. I'm going to give you this and then we're going to bring it out. Everybody has faith in something. All of us. Some of us have more faith in our weaknesses than we do in God's promise that we are more than a conqueror. Some of us have more faith in our, in our weaknesses and our failures than we do in His faithfulness where He said even when we're not faithful, God is still faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. How many of them? Some of us have more confidence in our failures than we do in the Christ's successes. Come on, somebody. But we all have faith or confidence in something, and it depends on what you are looking at. 
If you're looking at the eternal word of God, if that is what's motivating you, then you will have the faith of Abraham. And you will be able to say, I don't care what the circumstance looks like. I don't care how bad it is. God said it. I believe it. I'm going to passionately go after it. I'm not going to be a little wimp backing up, settling for less. God said it. That belongs to me. He paid for it. He bought it in his own blood. He sacrificed himself. I'm going to live what he said. I'm going to believe what he said. And I'm going after it. Me and my house. Or you can be like Lot. And you can look at things through a human perspective. Genesis 13, 9. What does he say? Is not the whole land before you, he tells Lot. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go right. If you go to the right, then I'll go left. Look what Abraham's saying. Abraham's the one with the promise. Wherever... God made him a promise. I'm going to bless you wherever you go. You go that way, I'm going to bless you. You just go out there, and I'm going to make you the great head of many nations. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed because of you, Abraham. Abraham has the promise. Abraham is not afraid of what this person is doing. This guy, there's troubles going on in the fields. There's trouble with the shepherds. There's trouble with the people. Why? Because lots of uh, shepherds are fighting against Abraham's. There's trouble in the flock. So what does Abraham do? Is there any fear in Abraham? Abraham no. Abraham doesn't even say, well, listen. I'm the head, not the tail. So you got to take that land. I'm taking this. No, he says, you know what? I get it. I am safe. I'm going to turn out blessed no matter what you do, son. You could try to hurt me. You could try to tear me down. You could try to mess things up, son. But you know what? At the end result, who's going to be rescuing who? I'm, one day, Lot, I'm going to be coming rescuing your family. You don't know yet. How would you like to be named somebody, named Lot back in the Old Testament days? The Bible says when they want to know from God, they would always cast lots. Pretty scary if they could. <laughs> I'd be running, man. Change my name. Verse 10, it says, Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, the land of Egypt as you go to Zor. Then Lot... Every say chose for himself the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, pitched his tent as far as Sodom. Then the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against who? The Lord. And listen, verse 14. The Lord said, every say the Lord said. So now look at the difference here. Lot chose for himself. Lot lifted his eyes and saw but the Lord said to Abraham, ever say the Lord said? Here's what I want to tell you as we bring this down. Please listen. You can go by what you see and by your senses. And if you do, you're being like Lot. And you'll make your decisions not based on what the Word of God says or not based on what Christ has said or what the Holy Spirit's asking you to be or to do. And you'll go other directions because in your eyes, what you see you think is an easier way or a better way. Let me tell you something about the easy way. The easy way very seldom is God's way. In fact, all my years being saved, I don't know if I've ever got to see an easy way. But I've always seen God's way, God's favor and blessing. How many of you want all that God has? Say, bam. Amen. Let's take a moment. We're going to pray. That how many are going to go for the promise of God? Let's be courageous. Let's get that foundation of faith. And I know your pastor. This man teaches you the word of God. 
I know He teaches you that you are the head, not the tail. Come on, is that right? And so we're going to receive it. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, we love you. We praise you with all of our heart. We worship you. We give you thanks. Everybody just tell them I love you, Jesus. Love you, From the guest of Pastor Tim Masters and Victorious Life Christian Center with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Centers with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.